Welcome to Establish. This is week oh, three. Is it the third? It's mm-hmm. episode. It's the fourth week, technically, because we did an intro. Shit. Yeah, but it's week three okay. of Established. Episode three of Established, yeah. a resource of Chestnut Mountain Church. I'm pumped about this week because we have a very special guest with That's us. That's right. I just wish I could smile the way you do while you're talking into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, because you nobody can see us, voice. and you're still smiling. Now I have a complex. <laughs> Literally, I'm never going to be able to do a podcast again. Thank you. All right, somebody else talk. It's really sad that they can't see us right now. No, it's really good. But we do have Pastor Brian Hall with us. Amazing, Pastor. Pa- <laughs> I'm not a quarterback. Well. It's just such an encouraging man. <laughs> so far, he's doing great. <laughs> the gift of exhortation is yeah. clear. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Bridge Farmer is with us. Yeah. Brian Hall is with us. My name's Jared Cagle. I never say my last name. But that is your last name. It is, yeah. So we're here. We're excited. We're talking about a lot today. Uh, an overview of the Old Testament. Mm. But with that, we're not going to focus on overviewing it quite like we did last night in the roundtable. Right. We're going to talk about some misconceptions and more of the purpose behind it. Uh, BB did a great job last night, by the way, in the roundtable. Want to give a shout out? Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of people were here, but we exist. <laughs> Baptist numbers are there. We exist for the one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, let's talk about it. You guys doing good this week? Huh? Very. Very good? <laughs> yep, doing well. <laughs> What's the most exciting thing that's happened to you this week, Brian? Wh- on a super spiritual level, watching a young lady surrender her heart and life to Christ at FCA today. This morning, yeah. This morning. It's amazing. At the leadership training. She stood up Powerful. in front of everybody. By yeah. herself. The one. The one. The one. We exist for the one. That's right. That's strong. For those of you that don't know, Pastor Brian Hall is the senior pastor here at Chestnut <laughs> Mountain Church. We are joined by him today, and yeah. it's glorious. I actually have my shoes off, you know? Because you're standing on holy ground? <laughs> Speaking of Old Testament, <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. So let's talk Old Testament. Uh, you know, when we hear that, sometimes we may get scared and think it's about to be boring or hard to understand. And I think sometimes the truth is we avoid the Old Testament for maybe those reasons, maybe other reasons. Um, but let's talk about, well, let me ask this question. Why do you guys think we avoid the Old Testament? Uh, well, I think um, for that reason, we just don't get it. Um, it just seems, well, one, it's full of names that I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know if y'all are like me. I struggle with names in the Old Testament. Yeah, and, yeah me too. But like you read things about covenants and stuff that doesn't make, that don't, that doesn't translate into our culture and to what we get as modern day Christianity. And so <clears throat> um, I think we just stay away from it for that sense of because confusing um and we just naturally um navigate towards if we are in the old testament we're like all right we're in psalms or proverbs and that Mm -hmm. the easier more feely ones i think that the biggest misconception or not misconception but probably the biggest reason we fear the old testament is because of the reality of the way god appears in the old testament Mm -hmm. a god of wrath a god of anger Mm -hmm. 
because we always go to the New Testament because it's full of grace and mercy. And what we don't realize is the Old Testament is setting all that up. Mm-hmm. And it's helping us better understand what's to come in the New Testament. But we camp out in the Old Testament because it seems like God is so angry and so full of wrath. But we don't realize that what he's doing is he's setting the tone for the, for the sending of his son to realize that this is what we get to avoid is yeah. is the wrath through the the blood of the cross and his son and yeah yeah but i even think too though like when you really dive into the old testament like it's it's saturated in um in his mercy and his grace like you constantly see even i mean you you take the fall of man what does god do to adam and eve right before he exiles them he covers them he yeah. shows grace like um, and it constantly happens throughout the narrative of the Old Testament where it does punish, but even in his punishment, he's still keeping his promise. But I think we see the picture of Adam and Eve and all of us in reference to the Old Testament. What did they do? As soon as they, the fall happened yeah. is they were fearful and they ran from yeah. God. Yeah. And I think that's what we still wrestle with in the Old Testament from all of, of human perspective even now mm. is we act like Adam and Eve did as we run. Yeah. But I even think, you know, this is probably getting off on a different topic, but like, um, I think that's a, shouldn't we have that kind of fear? Like, not that cripplizes, like where we're crippled and cripplized. Crippled I just want to pause for a second there. Love is combining words. We could create that. We could. Cripplizing. The good news is. An audience of maybe five will ever hear me say that. Hey man, we exist Cripalizing. for the one. Yeah. But it, but if we do a lot, like the our fear of God shouldn't cripple us, mm-hmm. but we should fear Him. Like it's not just rainbows and butterflies when it like, like we should be afraid, like in the Old Testament of being disobedient. Now there's mm-hmm. grace for our mistakes and our sins, but I think sometimes like if we're just harping on the God of the New Testament. We act like the God of the New Testament changed from the Old Testament. Yeah, he hasn't different. changed. Yeah. Like, he's the same. There's just a mediator that had made it possible for us to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. But that fear that, like, and that's one of the themes throughout the Old Testament is this idea of, like, the peop- when the people walked in blessing from God, it's because they feared him um, in a healthy fear. Like, you fear, you respect your parents because you yeah. you fear them. Hopefully. Yeah, well, this reference is even a holy fear, and really, yeah. what a holy fear means is not being obedient. Do you think Deacon has a holy fear of you? She better, she better. <laughs> if she doesn't, then my right hand of not fellowship will introduce her to a holy fear that she better understand. Deacon is a three-year-old. She's really sweet. <laughs> Praise the Lamb. <laughs> we don't condone abuse, but but I love her. I love her. No, I think uh, just to add to that really quick before we move on, I think um, it's really important to view God in light of his justice and mm-hmm. his His wrath, you know, to see that side of him, to have that holy fear that you're talking about. Um, I cringe when I see T-shirts or coffee cups that are like, you know, Jesus is my best friend type mm-hmm. of thing. And not because it's not true. Obviously, Jesus is our friend, you right. know, um, he, he, in relationship, he, he has established this friendship, if you will, but there's gotta be a reverence for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a buddy, buddy, peer type of thing. I mean, it's a 
intimate relationship type of thing. Um, but if we're too, my point is, if we're if we're not careful, we will get too far on the pendulum side of God's all grace, all mercy. We can do mm-hmm. it's permission for sin. We can do whatever yeah. we want. There is no wrath anymore. Jesus is my best friend. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous, right? And without the Old Testament, sometimes I think we can have that imbalance. God's wrath is clearly in the New Testament too, but it's easier to cherry pick. Absolutely, and avoid yeah. his wrath in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, why, why do you think, one of the things I liked about what you taught last night, B.B., was one of the misconceptions of the Old Testament, you said, was that the Old Testament is insignificant. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- let's talk about that for a second. What, w- why is that a misconception? Why do people tend to believe that? Another one is that it's irrelevant. And we can talk about both of them kind of in the same vein here, I think. Yeah. Um, well, the reason it's significant and it's not insignificant is because apart from the Old Testament, Jesus doesn't really make sense. Hmm. Um, and so the Old Testament is the story of God and the story of God's people and how they got to this point. Um, I said it last night that like the first 11 chapters in Genesis really set up the whole Bible. Like, mm-hmm. if you can understand those first 11 chapters, you can kind of get what's going on in the rest mm-hmm. of the Bible. And um, so you, you have to see, like, the disobedience that led to being um, severed from relationship. And that, and then constantly all these different things were put in motion. You know, book of the law and all this stuff that... So the, the Old Testament is significant because it helps us understand why Jesus is valuable and why why we need Jesus and why Jesus. So when you, when, you know, Matthew steps onto the scene and, in the first book in the new Testament, like we see why Jesus is so much like such good news. Yeah. Why the gospel is such mm-hmm. good news is because of how horribly wrong everything went. Um, when people were severed from God and how yeah. desperate they were, even when they were walking with God in the old Testament, it still wasn't as good as when Jesus steps on the scene. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it's significant because we can't understand, we can't understand the gospel apart from it. And I think that's one of the reasons that our people, the church, not just at Chester Mountain, but church as a whole should cherish and, and know the old Testament so we can know the God of the new Testament. That's good. Well, and I think you see God out of the starting blocks for lack of better words, is mm. that we referenced it a minute ago when Adam and Eve fled and they hid, mm-hmm. the pursuit began. Yeah, it's good. And, and it said that the very first thing he's doing is he is walking in the garden, calling them out. Where are you at? Where are you at? And that sets the tone for the rest of the entire the entire story, mm-hmm. if you would, that it's all one story, that it's not a lot of little stories, but it's God's, con- that's, mm-hmm. that was when the race began for his pursuit for all, all of us, for you, for me, for, for Adam and Eve. And to me, without that, without the starting blocks and the beginning part of that race, again, the new, like you said, baby, the New Testament makes no sense. Yeah. That, that there, was, there was no pursuit, mm-hmm. that it was you know, man trying to work their way back to God when in reality it was God working to restore man back to mm. the way it was cr- originally created. Yeah, and, and too, we think, like, you got to think back, the early church, like, Jesus didn't come on the scene and then pass out New Testaments. Like, so the early mm-hmm. church, like, their, mm-hmm. their scripture yeah. was the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, it's compi- compiled different than, like, 
our Old Testament is, but it's all the same books. And so, like, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. We talked about last night that Deuteronomy is the most quoted um, scripture in all of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quoted 356 times throughout the scripture. And so, like, Jesus constantly is quoting the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And so, man, if Jesus valued it, like, we, we should value <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's fair to say. I mean, he says that he comes to abolish, like, mm-hmm. he comes to fuf- not really? abolish it, but fulfill mm-hmm. it. And so, like, Jesus didn't be like, all right, you don't need to worry about what happened back then. Like, just, like, no, no. It's this constant, like, you should look back. Like, we yeah. should remember history. It's good. What do you say to the person? I want to touch on this. What do you say to the person who believes that the Old Testament is not relevant to their day-to-day life currently? That's a tough one. Because I think, I think it's... Uh, we hear it. We hear it a lot, for sure. We right. we included it as a misconception for last night mm-hmm. that the Old Testament. A misconception is that the Old Testament is irrelevant, and there's there's been a lot of people that have been teaching this too. Like, uh, and it's a real question. You know, I think when you read some of the stories that are flamboyant, you know, it's like really Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. We don't have a category for what happened there, you know, but. What do you say to the people that read it and say this isn't relevant? I think it helps us. It reveals the part that we should fear. Mm. It reveals the power of an almighty God, of a holy and a righteous, perfect, but also, like you said a minute ago, a just God, Mm. that sin has to be punished. And that's what he spends the entire Old Testament doing is, yes, he punishes the sin, but he also gives grace. He also gives for forgiveness. But I think also we need as humans in this day and age to see what there is to be fearful of. Mm-hmm. And, and that is God's power. That is God's ability to do whatever it is that God wants to do. I mean, because right. let's just be honest, there is some, some stories in the Old Testament that will leave you scratching your head. I mean, the plagues, all, I mean, you see all of those and you're like, that's the most <laughs> outlandish thing I've ever heard. But I think it lets us, it reveals us to what abilities that God does have. Right. I mean, I think it helps you understand the character of God. That's like, good. And, and I would even say, like, um, if, if you feel like it's not relevant, you really haven't read it. Like, you maybe skimmed it, and when it gets hard, like, that's one of the things we wanted to challenge on our Wednesday night is, like, let's dive a little bit deeper. When it gets hard, let's press a little bit harder. Um, because, I mean, you think, like, we've all had – We've either suffered or we're going to suffer in this life, yeah. right? So you think of like Job and you see a man yeah. who wrestles with his suffering. He wrestles with who God is. And if we're all honest, we've all been there where we've wrestled with God. And so we get to see like how to suffer mm-hmm. correctly. Um, you, I, I, back at like, I think of that book, um, you see this dialogue between God and, and the prophet. And like, and the, he's like, God, like what? why are people doing committing evil and it seems like you're doing nothing? And I mm. feel like that's a question, even in today's culture, that mm. we're wrestling with. Like, God, where are you? It's the question of, like, how yeah. can evil exist if God's good and loving? Yeah. And so, like, it's completely relevant because he hasn't changed from the Old Testament. Like, mm. his character's still the same. Now there's Jesus in the scene, and now um, the grace is poured out. But that grace... 
you know, Romans 6 doesn't allow us to do whatever we want to. Like it motivates us to holiness. What the Old Testament's pointing its people to. Be holy for I am holy. Like this constant push. And so I would say it's irrelevant if it's just on a surface level and you don't, and you don't understand the theme of it. Mm-hmm. When you're just, like we talked about last week, the idea of like just picking and choosing what you want to read. Well, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But if you notice that it's telling one story, and you see yeah. like the restoration like of God's people, or even the creation of God's people, and then the rebellion, and then the exile, and then God restores them, and it's just that constant thing. Yeah. Well, there's something for us as the church in 2019 to, to learn from that. Yeah, yeah. And no, no matter what, and both of you touched on this, um, no matter what story you're reading and how crazy it is or how crazy you think it is, <laughs> it's teaching you about God right. and the character of God. And you can trust that no matter where it is in Scripture. Mm. And so I think we have to get back to the fact and the reality that we should be studying Scripture first and foremost to understand God. That's right. And not necessarily define the best application for us today. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the Bible isn't applicable, right. but our first priority needs to be to get God, to understand God, to to know him more, to see his glory, to hear his word, and to let that saturate us. It, it's more of a understanding of the character of God first right. that I think is the problem yeah. when somebody's saying, well, this is irrelevant to me, right? I'm I'm not... On a, I'm not a king, I'm not on a rooftop, and I don't see pretty women. You know, like I don't, I don't know what David was feeling. You know, it's first of all, that's ridiculous. You know, second of all, what can we learn about God through that? Because that's what God's revealing ultimately yeah. is is Himself, and mm. it's all about good. the approach. Well, just even the encouragement that just came just with even the story that you just shared. I mean, comically talking about David, but the reality is, is that God still gives us an opportunity to to be a part of his work, even in the midst of our mess. Yeah. Even when we're sinful, yeah. fallen people, yeah. but look how he used David. And, and man, that gives all of us hope mm-hmm. that I know because of my messes, the reality is God can still allow me to be a part of his functional mission for lack of better words that mm-hmm. he's called us all to. Yeah. You so. might as well go ahead and preach. We got faster on board today yeah, with the man, podcast, baby. He brought in a keep mini going. sermon, man. We're going to keep going on David today, baby. <laughs> David and Bathsheba. God came down to the mess. Man. I love it. This is the beauty of the Old Testament is we, even for me, like when it comes to teaching, like I shy away from it because mm-hmm. um, it's easier to go to <clears throat> Paul's epistles and just like tell the church what the church should be doing, right? But I mean, you think of like Jonah just sticks out to me like as a rebellious prophet mm-hmm. who finally gives into it. Then God does like God saves the people because they repent. And then Jonah acts mad. Like how often, even like if you apply that to our lives, like we're asking, we feel like we're obeying and but then God does it and it really isn't what we expected and we get frustrated. And so like just in preparing for this night, like, I was like, man, like I should love the Old Testament mm-hmm. and I should be in it a lot yeah. more. Yeah. And it sometimes is hard. I mean, you get into numbers and you start reading genealogies and you want to like just, all right, yeah. forget that. But like, <laughs> and you get the value of what the author's doing there, that they're setting up the lineage that points to Jesus. Like everything matters in scripture and yeah. we can't, it's good. We can't pick and choose and throw away. So to clarify, 
it's there are two critical misconceptions about the Old Testament, and that is that it is insignificant mm-hmm. and that it is irrelevant. And the reality is it's invaluable. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what you taught last night, and that's mm-hmm. what we want to make sure to get across. To, in closing, as we wrap it up, BB, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the purpose for us. Like, w- why does it matter that we understand the Old Testament? Of course, uh, the Bishop Reverend Brian Hall could pitch in if he wants another sermon <laughs> you about can't David. Even say that without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because of your your pretty white smile right now. I mean, I they wish can't people see could it, see but it. They can't on the see podcast. it. See, now you're calling me back out because I called your smile out. Purpose of the Old Testament, <laughs> yeah, and why we need to understand it. Yeah, I mean, we said it earlier, but it reveals God's character, but it also reveals how God redeems his people mm, for his kingdom. Yeah. Mm, that is about, this is about God. It's a book, first and foremost, about who God is. and so. But it's the beautiful rescue plan of how he's redeeming us back to himself for his, for his kingdom, not yeah. our kingdom, his kingdom. And so it just, in every page, is pointing us to that reality. And so yeah. um, that's it. we should love it, cherish it. It's beautiful. Read it. Read it. Ask questions, man. Yeah. Um, that's, you can ask questions about the Old Testament. I think it's fine. I got lots of questions. I wonder how I can call some bears out of the woods to get rid of these <laughs> youths that bug you. You know, Second Kings. What? Yeah. <laughs> read it, man. You never read the Old Testament? Yeah. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. I feel really attacked. You need to better understand grace, Hold on. baby. Come on, man. Second Kings. What? Is it Second Kings? Probably not. I think it's Second Kings 18. Apparently, I'm the one. Let that me do some research. Oh, <laughs> second. Um, so bears came out the woods to take care of the youth that were. Yeah. So rebelling. Elisha, Elisha is walking down the road, and these like and these kids come out of the woods. These youth, as Old Testament says, and they tell him to go up bald head, whatever that means. <laughs> go up, you bald head. Go up, and Elisha curses them, and two bears come out of the woods and maul forty youth. So that's. It says two female bears come out of the woods and tore up 42 lads. That's how that translation reads it. So That's how you can get youth to behave on Wednesday nights. Listen, man. <laughs> oh, my The wrath gosh. of the bear. Forget I've that. I've never heard I don't that know, story. I don't necessarily know how to reconcile that in the moment, but that's a pretty amazing story. <laughs> I've never heard that story. Second Kings 2, excuse me, Second Kings 2, 23 through 25. Well, I think... Our three listeners probably want us to, <laughs> Man, to reconcile And those three that. are sitting right here at the same table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but maybe next time we'll have to reconcile that story. Or read it for yourself and uh, petition the yeah. Holy Spirit to <laughs> clarify it for you. B. Hall at Chester Mountain. Yeah, 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 that's good. Any questions? That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been great. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Uh, we hope that we will get the pleasure of having a conversation with you again on established. Yes, please. But until next time, we exist for the one. And Jared, put your shoes back on, please. <laughs>